Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, October 6th, 2021. I'm your host, Blessing, Addy Oye Jr. Joining me is Times Square's very own Twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez. What up, gamers? I've been trying to think of a rhyme, Bless, and I wanted it to be something like, something that rhymes with squaring, because I wanted it to be the Times Squaring. Oh, uh, something daring or, or Times caring or something. Super daring. Always yeah. caring, yeah. Always That's caring. Good. Uh, uh, you know, speakers blaring. Andy Cortez. Holy shit, you've got all the rhymes. That's hey good. Man, I like yeah, that. man. I listen to a lot of rap music. What can I say, man? I'd be I like freestyling just for fun. You know what I mean? Andy, how's uh-huh. it feel? How's it feel to have your face out there? It's cool all, as shit. Big and in, in front of everybody to see. It's cool as shit. I'm about to. I'm gonna pay Roger like a hundred bucks or whatever it is to co- whatever it costs to go down there. Um, I think it's way less than that. Well, I don't know where he lives. Maybe he needs to like take a fucking oh, eighty dollar Uber. Give me his address. You know what I mean? Because Kevin, I've like had to take Ubers in LA before, sure, thinking sure. it was going to be a twenty dollar endeavor. And <laughs> it's, it's like, always like forty five minutes dollar yeah. thing. Especially nowadays, I feel like the price. I don't know if this is an SF thing, but the price of Ubers have gone up dramatically. Mm-hmm. It costs a lot of money just to get to downtown from where I'm at. Oh, that's it's crazy. Out there. Yeah. yeah. So like, I can't imagine how it is in New York. Is what I'm saying. I'm sure some people are like, Annie, Times Square isn't in LA. Uh, I was just making the LA reference for like the last time I was in LA three years ago or whatever. But yeah, um, I'm going to probably pay Roger to go down there and all the free time he's got. He doesn't have a lot of free time. He does a lot of great work for us. Keep him busy. But it's awesome, dude. It's such a freaking honor um, to be on in Times Square as a part of Hispanic Heritage Month and be representing, uh, you know, a lot of people that kind of don't see a whole lot of representation, I think is really badass. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Twitch, uh, and then we'll talk about more good news from Twitch soon. Oh yeah, Twitch. I mean, t- you, just you wait, Twitch, because we're gonna talk all about Twitch. But yeah, shout <laughs> out to. It's been awesome seeing both you. I believe Danny Pena as well yeah. had his face in Times Square, and I, I know we've had homies before. I believe Khalif Adams during Black History Month mm-hmm. uh, had his face over there too, as as Twitch has, has been doing those things, and so that's super awesome you know like congratulations once again i have you, have you had people hit you up that you know been like yo i was walking down Times street or Times square and like your face popped up what the fuck like how how this happened no not yet unfortunately um i've just had uh i it's mostly through that webcam because you can through C like our version of cctv or whatever Times mm-hmm. square has a website where they have a bunch of different cameras kind of looking at all the the buildings and showing all the billboards everywhere and so that's gotcha. how Danny Pena accessed that video, uh, which is the that same actually way. Makes that makes sense. Yeah, for some video. reason, I was thinking that he was in NY and like for, he was like in a hotel room or some shit looking down at Times Square. I was like, why is why is he there? What's he doing? No. <laughs> it actually makes way more sense that he was looking at it through webcam. Yeah, it's something that Twitch kind of provided to us as a way to like, all right, here's where it'll be whenever it happens. And I was told it was only going to be like one thing, but we we got the horizontal treatment too. Very, very cool. I'm, I'm extremely, uh, extremely honored and proud of it. So it's. 
it's something that like I sent it to my parents yesterday and they were pretty freaked out about it because I wanted to That's keep awesome. it a secret from them. So yeah, yeah, it's really awesome. I'm very thankful for it. Now, not only are you a Twitch icon, but me and you are both now fighting game community icons. Because mm -hmm. yesterday we did our uh, Nick Vitational, Nick All Star Brawl uh, bracket tournament with a bunch of other uh, big content creators, and you know we performed. We performed. We both went out in the in the first round, but like we gave a we gave a good fight. You especially because you went up against I want to say what was it Ludwig? I went I went against Ludwig, who's who was rank one on the on the ladder seating yeah uh if y'all don't know we were hit up we've talked about it on other games dailies and, and other housekeepings but blessing and i were able to be a part of a tournament run by panda global uh it's we were raising money for the breast cancer research foundation and we got to auction and bid on whatever characters we wanted to use throughout the tournament i bid on april i felt the most comfortable with her and the unfortunate thing about me bless is i think i maybe downplayed my abilities too much so much so that they put me rank 16 and i had to yeah. play against the rank one person which was ludwig and he happened to pick leonardo which is just my it is my kryptonite yeah you know leonardo I just, in that game is raw i knew i was going to get destroyed much less against somebody who was pro at one point uh so it was very very sad and uh i i, I don't know if you heard my my gasp when it happened when they said, all right, first up, we got uh, Andy against Ludwig. I just went, oh, fuck. Like, I'm out oh, immediately. Man. What's the point? So, yeah, that was that was kind of unfortunate. But I was able to take a couple stocks off of him. I'm pretty proud of myself. I don't play. I've played Smash Bros. twice in the last three years. Mm. Um, once was during the Halloween Hellscape when I got the belt. Still have the championship, by the way. And the other time oh, was when we were at Tim's house. When are we going to so, do that again? I need, I need to, I need to put my. I don't think I've actually played for the belt in Smash Brothers, and I feel you I have, feel like we'll there's a reason for that. We'll I see if like we ever do. Scared. We'll have to wait for Liter the new studio. I think literally you just bring it up to Mike. I'm gonna hit up Mike and be like, "Yo, let me, let me, let me get into a, uh, a Smash Brothers tournament with you guys," because like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like there's some shenanigans afoot. Because like that belt would be mine. <laughs> let's be honest, everybody. All right, let's let's take a step back. Because right right now you have the belt, right? You're rocking. I, I do have the belt. I I won Smash because I was I picked Bowser and I just kind of stomped on people on eight players in a big ass arena, which is a great strategy. So it was fair. It was fairly simple for me. But as somebody who doesn't play a whole lot of Smash, yeah, I would get I would get destroyed by you. Let's be and, let's be real. And like my beef's not even with you because last a few nights ago, actually, we played Nick All Star Brawl uh, on stream, and I was shocked by how good you were at the game already. Like with just I think about two hours of game game time between both of us. Like you were doing, you were putting in a phenomenal job, and so I think like you're an actual contender when it comes to these kind of games. The name I want to throw out there is Tim Gettys because oh, wow. as far as I understand, Tim Gettys is pretty good at smash right like he has all the spirits is it's one of his favorite games ever like he lives and dies and, and he lives and breathes uh through smash right but like i don't think tim gettys wants these hands i don't think i don't think nick scarpino wants these hands so i'm looking at the camera right now and saying yo let's square up everybody snowbike mike i know you watch kfgd one of these fridays i want a nick uh, not an i want a super smash brothers tournament or any any sort of tournament where i can go for the belt because i've never had the opportunity for the belt and i am offended by this Kevin, Give for a second me. there, did you wonder if Blessing knew where his cameras were? <laughs> right? Yeah, he's looking around a little bit. Because it really looked like... I was. It really looked like... But it sold the shot. It really sold the shot. It was like in Thank wrestling you. where they're like, Where the, where's the camera at? Where's the camera at? Right here? Okay, right here. <laughs> That's what it really well, it sucks like. not being in the studio and being like, yo, give me the one, right? Or like yeah. being able to look to a direct camera. But we always have like, the one. 
There's just one of them, yeah. I mean, can you put? Can you full screen me, Kevin? Is that a thing we can uh, do? Yeah. Let's uh, let's see if I go. Dis- uh, that's not right. Hold on. Hold on. No. Let's go back. Hold on. Did you add there? There. Well, that's that's oh, like ninety percent full there. screen. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're halfway there. You got the so wrong person. To... This is Times Square billboard or what? <laughs> what oh. is this? Oh man, I'm in Times Square, everybody. There there it is. Move it over. Is. Hold on. Everybody, just gotta recrop it. There yeah, we go. Oh, yeah, trying to get my head in there. Yeah, no, TV. Oh, there I am. There I am. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, still Mike Mike, I'm talking to you specifically. I know Fridays are our group streams. Fridays are our community streams. But I want, I want one of these Fridays to be the, the blessing takes on kind of funny stream. All right? I want the smoke. I want to see Tim Gettys. I want to see Andy Cortez. I want to see Nick Scarpino in some smash action. All right? My, uh, I was going to call him Michelangelo. I've been playing a lot of Nick. Snowback Mike. Make it happen. That's it. Thank you, Kevin. Now, I appreciate now it. to be fair, Smash was the only game. Smash was only played once, and it wasn't just an all Smash all day tournament. We played a lot of different things because I beat. I was able to get the belt by beating uh, Tim in the game of Bop It. Yeah, there was a lot of right. games being okay. played that day. Smash was just like the the contenders game for all of the lower unimportant people. It's kind of funny to get into the finals you know mm, hearts that so. makes sense also i see a lot of people in chat being like yo blessings not looking at the camera i'm gonna give you guys a peek behind the curtain because this has been a thing on the blessing show as well when i look directly into my camera lens it looks like i'm looking above my camera like right now i'm looking directly at my camera does it look like i'm looking at my camera yeah yeah it does okay well maybe there's a problem with the last camera usually when i look directly at my camera it doesn't look spot on and so i had to look a little bit below my camera to actually make it yeah, look like the I'm chat's all saying, yeah, camera. it does look like... Oh, well, fuck. Never mind. I'm wrong then. <laughs> this, was, this was a running problem where I would have to look below my camera, but like I've gotten a different camera recently, so maybe that's fixed now. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Either way, mm-hmm. I digress. Andy, this is kind of funny games daily, so let's talk about some video game news, like a huge Twitch data breach, a bunch of review roundups, and more, because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support kf to be a part of the show at patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you it's a huge embargo day we have three count them three reviews up this morning in the form of two count them two gamescast episodes the first one is our far cry 6 review featuring greg janet andy and snow michael michael that is followed by our metroid dread and nintendo switch oled reviews featuring tim andy and tamor hussein Uh, both of those episodes are up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe Remember, the first episode of the Arkham Files, a uh, kind of funny games miniseries where Barrett looks back at what makes each of the Batman Arkham games so special, uh, premieres next Monday, October 11th on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, you can join Barrett in the live chat and talk with him about why Arkham Asylum is still a masterclass in game design. And then I have a housekeeping update for you. The Blessing Show's newest episode, which was going to premiere tomorrow, actually now premieres next week, Thursday. 
uh, Roger's computer. It kind of exploded overnight, uh, so we oh. need some more time to polish oh, no. it. Not, not literally, but figuratively, he was having a lot of issues with Premiere Pro, as it seems like a lot of people do. That Adobe Premiere Pro, man, it can be hey, hit, hit or miss. God, they need to work it out. They need to figure that, that that thing out. But because of that, uh, look forward to that episode next week so we have some time to actually like polish it up and make sure that it's not rushed because uh, uh, Roger's computer and Adobe Premiere Pro couldn't get along. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Pranksy and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by DoorDash, Honey, and American Giant. But we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A huge news day, starting with our number one. The entirety of Twitch has reportedly been leaked. This is from Chris Scullion at <laughs> All <of> Games <laughs> Chronicle. That's all of it. We're joking around, uh, I believe, before the show of like, yo, that ain't a leak anymore. That is just a straight up pour. That is the bucket tipping over. Everything is out there. Uh, let's jump into this story from Chris Scullion at Video Games Chronicle. An anonymous hacker claims to have leaked the entirety of Twitch, including its source code and user payout information. The user posted a 125 gigabyte torrent leak uh, to 4chan on Wednesday, stating that the leak was intended to, quote, foster more disruption and competition in online video streaming space uh, because, quote, their community is a disgusting toxic cesspool, end quote. VDC can verify that the files mentioned on 4chan are publicly available to download as described by the anonymous hacker. One anonymous company source told VGC that the leak, leaked data is legitimate, including the source code for the Amazon-owned streaming platform. Internally, Twitch is aware of the breach, the source said, and it's believed that the, that the data was obtained as recently as Monday. The leaked data uh, reportedly includes the entirety of Twitch's source code with comment history going back to its early beginnings, creator payout reports from 2019, mobile, desktop, and console Twitch clients, proprietary SDKs and internal AWS services used by Twitch, quote, every other property that Twitch owns, including IGDB and CurseForge, an unreleased Steam competitor codenamed Vapor from Amazon Game Studios, and then Twitch internal red, red teaming tools designed to improve security by having staff pretend to be hackers. Some Twitter users have started making their way through the 125 gigabyte, uh, gig gigabytes of information that has leaked, with one claiming that the torrent also includes encrypted passwords and recommending that users enable uh, two-factor authentication to be safe. The torrent also reportedly includes Unity code for a game called Vaporworld, which appears to be the chat software based on Amazon's unreleased Steam competitor, Vapor. Meanwhile, Vapor, the codename for an alleged in-game Steam competitor, is claimed to integrate many of Twitch's features into a bespoke game store. The leak also shows that 81 Twitch streamers have been paid more than $1 million uh, by Twitch since August 2019. Uh, that is from the news story that came before this uh, update. Uh, from Twitch on Twitter this morning, uh, Twitch tweeted out, uh, we, can, we can confirm a breach has taken place. Our teams are working with urgency to, to understand the extent of this. Uh, we will update the community as soon as additional information is available. Thank you for bearing with us. Andy, there's a lot here in this Twitch leak. Is there any place that you want to start? Could they have waited until after Hispanic Heritage Month? Just let me just... Come so on, let, let Andy have this. Hackers, like, just wait until the end of of October. Um, I I do. I mean, there's a lot of jumping off points, and the whole like we want to disrupt and kind of, you know, add more competition because what a lot of people will see is that uh, what their streamers are, what their favorite streamers are making, what 
maybe YouTube could be paying them. And I think this will open a lot of eyes to people uh, possibly wanting to move elsewhere um, when they see, oh, that person's making that. Well, I'm more popular than that. And I think this is going to cause a lot of disruption, like the hackers kind of initially mentioned. I see Vapor on here, which I think is like, like not you couldn't be have a more apt name than Vapor. Yeah. If you're when we think about vaporware and stuff that doesn't really exist, uh, but also it's a play on words with Steam. Um, I don't know, man. This is like really scary for Twitch. And I don't understand how this could have been with, with one of the largest sort of uh, companies in the world getting hacked in like that is pretty worrisome, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's wild, it's wild that a a single uh, it's all about a hacker was able to to make this happen right like hack hack into twitch to this extent to where they're able to leak this amount of information to the you know foster more disruption and competition in the online stream, video streaming space yada yada that strikes me as bullshit from like somebody who probably just has fun hacking right like this is a person mm -hmm. that's like i want to shake up the system i want to be known i want to get my name out there i want to do something big and they go into Twitch and fuck things up. I don't. I don't really believe for a second that they're like, "Oh, I want to foster competition." It's like, no, you don't want to do that. You just want to like get out there and and shake shit up. Uh, that said, yeah, like 125 gigabytes of information, including uh, uh, um, payout information. One, that's huge because that is you. That that is a look into information that we usually don't get. A lot of that stuff you can kind of approximate based on. Well, we know. We know Twitch takes this amount for their cuts. We know that this person has however many subscribers. We can probably uh, estimate how yeah. much money they're taking home. But to get the actual like accurate like data of no, there these many streamers are making this amount of money, and this is how the actual Twitch payouts correlate to the amount of subscribers they actually have, and all these things. Like it, it's an interesting glimpse. But at the same time, I'm like, mm, I. I, it's it's kind of unnecessary information for I think the world to to have out there. Yeah, if you, I mean, most of the bigger streamers have their subscription count on screen, so I'm not sure why a whole lot of this would be that surprising. I think just having it released this way kind of opens new eyes to it. But yeah. you can go to Twitch Tracker, you can see how many subs people have. You can do the math and multiply that by you know 250 or whatever. Oh, they have you know 40,000 subscribers. Multiply that by 250. Or, or if they have a better Twitch cut, uh, multiply that by, you know, 350 or whatever. Um, so I'm not really too surprised by, I'm surprised by the reaction to it mostly, but it is kind of in this way felt to be like a, a, an invasion of privacy almost. Yeah. I think just with, when you have something leak like this, it feels like a really big invasion of privacy. But again, a lot of these Twitch streamers that people are calling into question are, they have their subscription count on the top right. Yeah, people aren't necessarily know. hiding their numbers on Twitter. Right. I'm, sure some, I'm sure some people would prefer yeah. the privacy. There's plenty of people that are like, I don't want other people to know how much money I'm making. And I think that is a completely fair thing and a very, very sure. common thing, right? Like most people don't want other people to really know how much money are, is in their pockets. So I think that is a little bit unfortunate. But for the most part, a lot of the stuff can be approximated in a way that doesn't make any of this too surprising. I think the biggest thing here really does correlate to the the vapor stuff right i think that stuff is fascinating from the idea of a an amazon direct steam competitor which isn't surprising in itself i think anybody could guess that that is a project they're working on based on amazon already having uh, uh game sales based on luna being a thing based on twitch and what they can do with that right like there is a lot of integration that can be had with with 
uh, Twitch and an actual Amazon original web store that could make that could be, um, allow Twitch to function more closely than it, than, than ever before. And things like you know, Ep I'm, I think Epic Game Store has already had some Twitch integration already, and like I'm sure Steam might have already had some as well. When it's Amazon and they're like, "Cool, this is our platform, and we can really make these things play well together, and we can use Twitch as maybe the the core of how we make." Uh, codename Vapor operate and like sell games and all these things like that can take it to another level. You know, I I, I remember years ago Twitch launching the um like the the plat the uh, program where Twitch streamers would be able to sell games to their audience or not sell games but essentially advertise games to their audience and audiences would be able to go through whatever link and then get uh, get the games through that Twitch streamer. I don't know if that's happening as like in the same way that it was happening a few years ago or, or advertised a few years ago, I feel like now the more common thing are just the Epic creator codes. Um, but this allows that to happen on a way deeper level, right? This this can happen on a one-for-one -one level of, hey, yeah, here's our link to Vapor uh, on my Twitch page. You click it, boom, like it's 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 right there for you. Here's uh, all the games I've been playing the past three months or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think Twitch has a lot of benefit to be able to integrate a lot of these systems in order to make it more uh to incentivize the streamer really um i think the buyer will most likely be a little bit more resistant because we still see a lot of people that don't want to use the epic store because they prefer steam and they prefer the way their system works over there so um whatever this vapor thing is whenever it does release i'm sure will be met with a lot of uh uh just kind of anger <laughs> and, and annoyance where people are just going to be like no we don't need another game client i don't want that or yeah, whatever it'll but... be the exact same thing as when epic games were launched and people were hating on it forever and then after a while people are like oh this thing exists and that's going to depend a lot on if it's a good launcher or not right like if if vapor comes out and it's complete trash and it doesn't get better then i'm sure it comes and goes and i think that's a very big possibility but you know, if it is the the other thing where it comes out and it's decent enough, and of course it's going to be missing features and all these things, but if over time they grow and they have deals, uh, and they have they they give enough incentives for people to stick around, I could see it being a competitor. I think the tough thing is one Steam Steam have having the install base that it does, and it being that ubiquitous uh, platform, uh, and also Epic making the deals and Epic having Fortnite and Epic being that place where be, being the platform that feels like it is the most hungry trying I think to be that, more developer friendly really you yeah know? being developer friendly having those those pay cuts that are super developer friendly and all that stuff does that give vapor space to breathe and space to actually try and be competitive i think that is the more interesting question and again i could see it going either way with the backing of both amazon and twitch as a platform to jump off of there's a lot of promise there, but you're going to need, need way more than just promise to compete against both Steam and Epic Game Store. And it would probably make uh, Amazon Luna look a bit more enticing. Because oh, yeah. if you want to play in Luna, you go to a website that looks just like you're on shopping on Amazon. And it feels weird. It doesn't feel like this is a game client, you know. So it would probably feel more natural in that sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is all. We'll see what really comes of all this vapor stuff. Uh, I, I, it's too hard to say right now whether this will actually happen. If it's just if yeah. it's unreleased and meant to never be released, or if it's still in the works, you know. Yeah, and I think them. The thing that gives me confidence that it might actually release is them working on. <laughs> Vapor World, which is a hilarious code name for this thing, um, Vapor World being the software that is that seems to be adjacent to something like VR chat, 
right? Like you're probably or like PlayStation Home even, where you're in a space and you're going around talking to other people. You know, like them already being in development of that makes me think that they're pretty committed to this thing. But again, like who knows? Some things just never make it make it to the finish line. Um, but I think that's a very interesting concept, right? Like uh, the, this platform, this um, online store that is launching off of Twitch and Amazon having a VR chat like thing. Weird. It's it's a it's a weird software to to I think launch with, but hey, who knows, right? Like maybe they see something that I don't see. I know VR Chat does have a community there that people love, and there are similar services that are chat services that people do do love and enjoy. And so we'll keep an eye out for that one. But for now, Andy, for story number two, two through five, honestly, we got a bunch of review roundups. Like I said earlier, there it, today is embargo day. A bunch of embargoes have lifted. Uh, of course, you can go over to youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on our podcast services where you can catch multiple Gamescast episodes where you can get our reviews of Far Cry 6, Metroid Dread, and the Nintendo OLED. Uh, but for now, let's jump into story number two, which is our Far Cry 6 review roundup. Right now, Far Cry 6 is sitting on Metacritic at a 76 and on OpenCritic at an 80. I'm going to start with John Ryan at IGN who gave it an 8 out of 10 and says, Far Cry 6 smooths over a lot of the bumps that have cropped up in the past few games, and even though it misses some steps, especially with its new inventory system, it's the best the series has been in years. Kate Sanchez at uh, But Why Though gave it an unscored review and says, Is Far Cry 6 perfect? No. But it is a game that goes beyond its predecessors in showcasing elements of Latin America. Represent representation of Latin American cultures, U.S. born and otherwise, are few and far between when it comes to video games. In this landscape, even with its fumbles, Far Cry 6 stands up to, to criticism with moments that evoke cultural memories and nuances in a way I didn't expect. Sure, Esposito's Castillo could have been, could have done more to not be a generic island bad guy, but the cast of revolutionaries more than carry the game's narrative with beauty and strength that is well worth playing through. And then Diego. Arguello uh, at Polygon uh, uh, says Far Cry 6 is a waste of potential. Far Cry uh, as a whole is frozen in time. The few mechanical additions in the series' latest entry don't show much improvement over what Far Cry 5 or Far Cry New Dawn have already explored. And if your interest lies in the search for any semblance of proper representation, you're better off looking elsewhere. Very few examples in recent years have been able to shake the norm. And if Far Cry 6 is any indication of what AAA publishers can do with a Latin American setting, paint, painting it more as a window dressing than an actual picture worth celebrating, I would rather not see another one try. And those last two I, I just read, right, are very opposing views, which I think is very interesting for what Far Cry 6 is and how we're entering into Far Cry 6. Because I've not touched Far Cry 6, and I know you played quite a bit of it because you were on the review yesterday, so I want to get to you in a second. But for me, I've been apprehensive uh, leading into Far Cry 6, mainly because Far Cry 3, I absolutely adored. absolutely loved that game. Far Cry, Far Cry 4, you know, played, and I was like, all right, this is cool, but it's more Far Cry 3, and, like, I'm, I'm a little bit bored with it. And then Far Cry 5, I think, was that taken to, like, the greatest degree of me being like, all right, cool. I'm not finishing this. Like this is more Far Cry. It it is what it is. It's not bad, but it's not as exciting as it once used to be. And the I think the representation aspects of Far Cry from its origins have always been shaky to say the least, right? Like it's never felt like it's really hit the nail on the head. And so to see two two opposing sides of hey, like, hey, this actually is doing things that are above and beyond, and seeing Diego here being like, nah, man, it's a waste of potential, I think puts it in a very fascinating place. Andy Cor Cortez, for you, one, what is your condensed version of your Far Cry 6 review uh, from this morning's game Gamescast, and where are you at with where the reviews are sitting now? 
I'm not very far into it, but seeing that a lot there's a lot of people doing the eight out of tens, I kind of would agree that's where it's likely going to be. I think the uh, I, it's perfect that I was uh, I was asked a couple times last night by a couple of people, and I saw uh, Jake Baldino's tweet, and it's perfectly summed up of like I hate doing the thing of it's more Far Cry, but it's legitimately just that. Yep, this is the game that I kind of fought against playing. I didn't want to play it. There was a lot of other games I would have rather been playing and I wanted to not like it. And eventually those core systems and loops come into play and I have fun playing it because it's just, it's designed in a very familiar way. It's it's nothing that's going to blow your socks off, but I have a blast infiltrating these little uh, enemy encampments and taking down all of the the guards and then finding the one named captain or lieutenant of that area and taking that boss down and they take a bit more to kill but it's just really neat uh actually seeing like the named um people running these uh these area bases or whatever camps, yeah. uh, i i think it's just got a really good loop i've been chased by several alligators and it's terrifying every time because you hear the hissing bless and it's it's a horror movie when you're just kind of walking around. You hear like, you're like, oh fuck, there's something behind me, and I just run around. I turn around, and suddenly three little alligators running after me. I got to you know cap them all in the face. Um, I think the the game's got a lot of fun things about it. Representation wise, hard for me to say. I'm not. I think this is very uh, depictive of Cuban uh, culture. Uh, I'm Mexican, so I can't really say what they've nailed and didn't nail. But I don't. I don't think that. I would have come to play this game to really, I guess, experience representation in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just me and my opinion. I, when I watched the movie Coco by Pixar, like I watched that for the representation a lot, and it feels good and it's really meaningful. But um, this wouldn't have been a game that I would have gone for to kind of like try to see representation depicted in a meaningful and honest way. That being said, though, I think that I think one of my criticisms I always say is like, I can always tell when there's an actor who doesn't really speak Spanish, that is speaking Spanish. I can Mm. always tell with the accents and kind of the way they're speaking. I think this game does a really great job of it. I I think all the voice actors are fantastic so far, and I haven't really run into a whole lot of issues. I already mentioned um, that, you know, Giancarlo Esposito is not latin he is a black italian and so it's that right there is already that sort of you know we've talked about that that issue already that rubs a lot of people people the wrong way right and like of course that's going to vary based on who you are and how you feel about and all these things yeah we've already talked about that issue to death uh so i'm i'm not uh, surprised by his spanish speaking because i've always felt it was off since breaking bad and being such a fan of him there Mm -hmm. but i think the game is good and if you are looking for a large open world adventure. If you've ever enjoyed a Far Cry before, you won't have your you, you won't have your socks blown off, but you will have a damn good time. And to me, I can tell this is going to be an eight out of ten territory. With like, this is a good to great video game. I think um, it's gorgeous. Um, and yeah, I, I go listen to our full review because Greg and Janet and Mike have played way more than I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I you know, I, I there's a review from Skill Up this morning, right? And he, he I think. He titled his review, You've Already Played Far Cry 6, right? And it's, just, it's the same idea of if you played the previous Far Cries, you know what you're getting from this game. And either you like that or you might be bored, bored with it, right? And for me, I I'm I have it downloaded. I have it on my PlayStation. I think as of now, I'm probably not going to boot it up. But 
I don't know how I'm going to feel a week from now, right? I think the thing that the thing that I've been fighting back and forth is there is something nice about that comfort food of being able to go and clear out camps and have that stealth and be able to like tag all the enemies and do all that stuff and have the upgrade systems and like have that like at this point formulaic setup that I'm used to and I know and that works well enough to where it can get the job done. The only thing that is keeping me actually from booting it up at this point is the fact that I'm coming off of playing both Deathloop and Prey. And I feel like I got my fix from those games in terms of being stealthy, the first person shooter, infiltrating, you know, doing all the tagging enemies, having a, a diverse array of weapons, all these things. I got I, I pretty much just got that um, twice in a row now. And, you know, I think for where I'm at personally, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good on Far Cry 6. You know, like if you if you play Far Cry 6 and you love it, you know, of course, like go go play it and go love it. Um, but yeah, for what Far Cry is, I think I, if he reading these reviews have kind of sold me on i don't need to play it but it can be there for me if i end up weeks from now being like actually i do kind of crave another first person shooter i might it's, hop into it yeah it's totally what you're in the mood for because i w was not in the mood for a big open world game mm. but it still grabbed me because that gameplay is so familiar and so fun and engaging and um again i don't think it's it's breaking the mold i don't think it's anything super special but i do think if you are looking for that type of fun you will find it for sure and it reminds me a lot of watchdogs legion coming out where not an incredible game by any means but i hadn't had that sort of open world feel in a long time because gta 5 was really the last one that i played of that style of game and it had been a while since i had played a far cry game i played far cry 5 whatever it was three four years ago um and i played a decent amount of that but i haven't really had that experience a whole lot and it really feels like a genre unto its own. And mm. so I think if you are craving that, or if you're somebody who maybe the last Far Cry you played was Far Cry 3, then definitely give this a shot if you if you think you're kind of in the mood for that genre. Um, I kind of, again, I'm sort of in that death loop vibe still because I'm still playing through it and making my way through it slowly. And I kind of got that that power hungry vibe of in death loop, how the enemies seem really easy to kind of take down. And I lower the difficulty on this to story difficulty. And I'm just like running, sliding around, one shot, headshotting dudes, and it just just feels fun. The movement is really fantastic too. Shockingly, really good for. I, I guess I'm comparing it to like the apexes of the world, where like that's like that's how your first person shooter should feel. Mm -hmm. uh, I know everybody's in the comments going to come at me with Titanfall too, and that's fantastic, great for you. I haven't played that game in a long time, so I kind of forgot. But this game feels really good to maneuver and run around and slide, and you do kind of feel like more than just a a dude trying to take down. A corrupt regime you kind of feel like a super soldier <laughs> points hell yeah uh let's keep on the review roundup story number three metroid dread uh reviews are up right now on metacritic it's sitting at an 88 on open critic it's sitting at an 87 i'm gonna start with sam claiborne and ign who gave it a nine out of ten and says metroid dread gets so much right after so many years uh that i almost feel resentful that we didn't get this game uh in a few sequels in some steady cadence starting in 2005 but instead, I'm incredibly happy to play a, play a Metroid that is back at the top of its game. Even though it's the latest in a decades-old series, Dread has just enough clever innovation to balance its familiarity. The universally recognizable mix of tough puzzles, tougher boss fights, ever-evolving exploration options, and intricate level design that recent games like Hollow Knight and Ori get so right has an uh, origin point. It's Metroid. I love those games, but the Metroid team, a mix of old and new developers now, have shown that they know how to do it best. 
Uh, Chris Carter at Destructoid gave it an 8.5 out of 10 and says, Metroid Dread doesn't take a lot of big swings, but it rarely bats a foul ball. You can tell this was carefully this was uh, carefully crafted with existing fans in mind, but it's not so heady that newcomers wouldn't be able to pick it up. While we wait for proof of life from Metroid Prime 4, you can journey with Samus in another reliable adventure right now. And then Russ Frushtick at Polygon recommends it and says, Dread reimagines the Metroid format with confidence and care, and it trusts the player to make leaps along the way. While following its interwoven path of epic boss fights, uh, satisfying upgrades, and otherworldly environments, all I could think was that this is the Metroid game I've been waiting for. It easily stands uh, astride the best entries in the series, and I eagerly await a follow-up in the year 2040. Uh, Andy, you were on the review uh, yesterday for Metroid Dread, but you haven't played it. You were there to, to hang out and ask questions of both Tamar and Tim Geddes. Hearing their reviews and seeing the reviews this morning, what does this do for your excitement for the game? Were you already excited for Metroid Dread? Were you going to play it? And are you going to play it now? I was absolutely going to play it, and I'm even more excited for it. I'm elated with the response to this because I think that there were so many ways to mess this up. There are so many ways to bring back an old uh, classic sort of video game protagonist and bringing them back into the modern age. I feared would not age well and we would think uh yeah the old metroids are great and and they they still are but you know the newer newer versions of them do so much better with hollow knight and with axiom verge um but i'm so stoked that they make it seem like it really does feel modernized in a classical way where it still feels like metroid but they have done some things to make the game feel more modern with movement and abilities the grappling hook the difficulty with the boss fights i'm really excited that it sounds like a tough game uh yeah that that's really exciting for me as somebody who had a lot of <laughs> like frustrations but fun frustrations with hollow knight and beating and going to the end game and fighting all the bosses there that was such a fun time i'm so excited for this i i was really worried that it was going to come out and be like uh should we have really seen this game come back it's a five and a half out of 10. I was really worried that it was going to be like a mediocre to above average game, but it seems like a lot of people are saying, no, this was absolutely worth the wait. Yeah. Seeing enough people be like, oh, this is the best, if not one of the best uh, Metroid 2D uh, games has me excited because historically I'm not that big of a, of a Metroid person, right? And even Metroidvanias in general, like I, I gravitate to the ones that I gravitate to, right? I like the Metroidvanias that I like. I play the, I play my guacamelees and I play, I'm very pick and choose with my Metroidvanias because metroidvania inherently doesn't excite me right i'm i'm into the aesthetic i'm into what the sto what the story is what the characters are for me that is the thing that speaks more to me and metroid has always been one that i've wanted to get more into and so seeing these reviews has me like oh yeah this might be the one to try out this might be the yeah. one to actually get me into metroid a lot deeper and uh prep me to uh to get hype for metroid prime 4 uh and Go so i'm really, I'm really excited review, about this though. Go listen to the full review, everybody. Uh, Tam and uh, Tim Tam did a fantastic job explaining their feelings. I'm really worried, though, about Tam's remark regarding the music. Yeah. And saying yeah. that the soundtrack was not as good as he was hoping. And that's kind of a bummer to me um, because I was really hoping for a banger, you know, having these awesome boss fights and you get some synthwave pop. And maybe I'm just still like thinking of Axiom Verge, but um yeah I, i'm still very excited for it i can't wait to try it out and i can't wait to get my oled in stock whenever Andy, it you know here. what i can't wait for i can't wait for people to check out patreon.com slash kind of funny games where they can get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors 
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Picture this, it's been a long week, you're glued to your couch, you're in your pajamas, in fact, you haven't seen your real clothes in weeks, and then it happens, your stomach rumbles. But don't get off your couch, why don't you treat yourself tonight with something from DoorDash? DoorDash brings you what you want to eat right now, right to your door, but you also get groceries and other essentials delivered with DoorDash. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items in under an hour. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood's go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. Snowbike Mike loves DoorDash. He loves nothing more than getting his iced chai lattes delivered to him every morning so he can be fresh and ready to go for the day's work. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code GAMES2021. That's 25% off, up to $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. We are also brought to you by Honey. I'm about to blow your mind. Did you know there's a wrong way to shop online? I got news for you, buddy. If you're not shopping with Honey, you've been doing it wrong. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best ones it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online and is super, super easy to use. Say you're shopping on one of your favorite sites and you go to checkout. The Honey button will drop down and all you gotta do is click apply coupons and wait as Honey works its magic looking for codes it can use for that site. If it finds a working coupon, you'll watch the price drop. Kevin and Tim use Honey all the time, especially now as we're ramping up the new studio. They're never not shopping online without Honey because they like saving money and I like when they save me money. It's great. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. We never recommend something we don't use here personally, so get Honey for free at joinhoney.com games. That's joinhoney.com games. We're also brought to you by American Giant. American Giant does a lot more than make the greatest hoodie ever made, which is already kind of a big deal. That's why they produce everything in America with the added bonus of getting to obsess over every single detail of their clothing at every step. American Giant began with the belief that local makes better, every detail matters, and the clothes you wear every day should be beautiful and durable. The folks over at American Giant call themselves that because they know the power of supporting local manufacturers, communities, and workers. Tim is a hoodie fanatic, and he swears by these American Giant hoodies. He loves this company, and you will too. But hey, guess what? They didn't stop at the greatest hoodie ever made. They expanded well beyond it, continuing to revolutionize your everyday wardrobe and leaving things better than they were before. Explore American Giant's collection of durable essentials at American-Giant.com. And you get 20% off when you use the code KFGD at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com, promo code KFGD. Andy, shout out to Corey Cudney, who put out a gif of me saying I want the smoke. Because uh, I do want the smoke, all right? And like, I, I, it's, I, know, I, know, I know it probably sounded like a joke before, Andy, but I'm dead serious. I want that belt. I, I remember watching it before I worked at Kind of Funny. I remember seeing that belt. I remember you guys competing for the belt. It's, and I, it's I great remember, to have it, yeah. I remember being like, that's going to be me one day. Andy, where do you think it is, if you had to guess? It's in a box. Oh, no, I, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it's it packed up in a Tupperware. I, you think it's so? Somewhere, oh, yeah. It's somewhere at the office packed up in a Tupperware, a thousand percent. Or not at the... Ooh. At the studio in the big warehouse, it's somewhere you know in what? there. I, so you could go like take the belt if you want, plus you can go like figuratively go, have heist. it. I, I, I like the idea of a belt heist. I mean, that's great for you, but it'll never really be truly be yours, right? Like, sure, you could take me out in Smash Bros, but that's not the oh, only game like, I'm gonna play. It's like, the like are you kidding me? 
It's we like can square up on bond. anything. Like, like put, me, we, put me in any first-person shooter, and you're we're fucking not gonna, dead in We're not going to play Warzone for the belt, so I don't have to worry. Like, what oh the my fuck? God. What the put fuck? Put me in Halo, hang them high. Uh, seat, I'm like, you're done for. You're done oh, man. for, man. Just wait, just wait till December 8th when I get my hands on Halo. I'm going to be an expert. I'm going to be a fucking... I'm going to be fucking great. You're not even going to play. I'm going to be the best at this company at Halo. You better play, you son of a bitch. I mean, I'm going to... There's nothing else coming out in December, so like, my month is free for just Halo. It's going to be a great time. We're going to play so much Halo. But for now, let's play the review roundup game. We got one more for you. Uh, story number four. Reviewers dig the Nintendo Switch OLED. This is your last review roundup for the day. I'm going to start with Andrew Webster at The Verge, who wrote a really good review. And so I'm, I pulled a lot from his and then like a couple of excerpts from a couple of other people. But uh, sit back, relax, and let me read to you some of Andrew's words here. Again, <clears throat> this is from The Verge. He gave it an 8 out of 10 and says, it's not 4K, but it sure looks good. The screen is the star of this new device. The size is nice, particularly if you're playing games with lots of text or a complicated interface like Fire Emblem Three Houses. And though it features the same 720p output as the base model, things didn't appear noticeably less sharp to me. But the more obvious change is how much brighter and more vibrant everything looks. You can see this in colorful games like Super Mario Odyssey and The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, where the colors really pop. This is true whether you're playing something new or old. I found that that the excellent sprites uh, from Street Fighter 3 Third Strike were really striking on the new display, even if they were they were two decades old. The benefits also go in the opposite direction and make dark virtual worlds appear more stark. The creepy side-scrolling game Inside is a great example of this. The inky, inky blacks really stand out, making its world feel all the more bleak and oppressive as it's supposed to. It's important to note that these visual upgrades are purely due to the display. The new Switch isn't more powerful, so you won't see any kind of performance changes. Aside from the screen, the biggest upgrade here comes down to design rather than technology. The Switch finally has a good built-in stand. I never really think about the kickstand on my base Switch, mainly because it sucks, but the OLED Switch now features a Surface-style stand that extends the full length of the device and is much more flexible in terms of viewing angles. The rest of the changes are much more minor. The buttons and vent on the top of the Switch have been streamlined a little, and Nintendo says the speakers now offer improved sound, but to me they just sounded a little bit louder. All of this puts the OLED Switch in an interesting place uh, within Nintendo's slowly growing family of hardware. The Switch Lite is the obvious entry point, a cheaper model, and one designed explicitly for portable play, with its small size and sturdy construction. The, the base switch, meanwhile, is a decent on the go. Um, is decent on the go, but best for those who will primarily use it as a home console, which makes the newest model the best of both worlds. For fifty dollars more, it works like a typical switch at home, but its excellent OLED display and finally functional kickstand uh, also make it the more premium portable experience. That uh, was the Verge. I'm gonna pull a little bit from John Lindman at Digital Foundry, hey. who writes this. Ultimately, the Switch OLED model really is all about the screen, and while some may be disappointed with Nintendo's approach to this machine, the new machine delivers the premium quality I've always wanted. It addresses every major weakness in the physical design of the existing unit while greatly enhancing the screen. It looks so much better uh, that it makes me want to use the system in portable mode more often, especially when you see just how beautiful a game like Metroid Dread looks running on the revised system. But of course, if you only play in docked mode, you will not see any real differences. Yes, it has a new modified dock with a more pleasing design and an actual LAN port, but beyond that, this, is truly, this truly is the same system as before. And then Tim Geddes on Twitter uh, wrote, quote, 
I don't think people are prepared for how stunning the Switch OLED actually is. The screen size increase is much more dramatic than I expected, and my lord, the OLED makes games with colorful art direction, aka any Nintendo game, absolutely sing. Tomorrow Hussein, very angry in chat, says if he doesn't read from GameSpot's review, I'm never coming back. Oh wow, that's wild. How 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 could I forget Tomorrow Hussein from yes. GameSpot? Um, or uh, sorry, it wasn't Tamor Hussein from GameSpot. Turns out it was Steven Petit from GameSpot who wrote uh, uh, his Nintendo Switch OLED review. And I'm scrolling to see uh, what his summary of it was. Or you can just listen to the Kind of Funny Gamescast where they talk about it. Or you can do that. It. Yeah, you can listen to the Kind of Funny Gamescast. From GameSpot, the Nintendo Switch OLED is a more impressive redesign than you'd ex probably expect. Nailed That's what they say over at Nailed GameSpot. It. That's wow. what they say over at GameSpot. Andy, how are you feeling about this Nintendo Switch OLED? Um, I'm very excited about it as somebody who doesn't ever play games handheld. I hope it gives me more reason to do it. I pre-ordered it just because I was like scared. I don't know why. I just, it was just like a it, it was just one of those like, oh, fuck, it's, it's available. I might as well get it right. And it's, Andy, same I, thing. it's ultimately a stupid decision, Kevin, because I never 100%. play handheld. 100%. Um, it'll be great on uh, an airplane to play for 14 minutes. Uh, and that's Dude. about it. <laughs> You know what I'm worried about? Here's what I'm worried about. Uh -huh. Transferring over data. I know it's like all just SD card based, but I still know that there is a way that Nintendo will fuck it up. And also when it comes to the screen, I mentioned in our review that I was elated with their responses with how Tim and Tam felt about it because I still assumed somehow that there aren't a lot of ways you can fuck up an OLED display, but I found I figured that like Nintendo would find a way to make yeah. it the be a lesser version of what it should be because mm -hmm. they've never been tech focused they've never been the company that shows off power and and visual it's it's always just been about gameplay so i've i've never really i never expected them to be like yo check out this tech rock and because the 3ds screen was like a 160 by 160 square <laughs> like it looked awful like display wise um, so I'm very excited with how they're feeling about it. And I can't wait for mine to arrive in the mail. And I'm in the exact same boat of, I play docked. I, that is mm -hmm. how I play my Nintendo switch, probably 80 to 90% of the time. Uh, that's just how I prefer it. You know, like I, I, every now and then for certain games, maybe like before bed, it's nice to be able to, to, you know, sit back and play my game on my portable screen. But for the most part, I, that's just how I like to to experience my games. I like to play them on the TV. I like having a larger screen. I know the it's Nintendo this for me. It's this it, for me. Bless. Yep. It's yep. like I can't. Down. I, I just I hate that. I I hate the way that feels. But Kevin's kind of opened my eyes with his little bed mount to to mount it's a game. and lay it's down a game. and have like, my switch in front of my face. Kevin, yeah. I think I got to figure something out. I think I got to figure out a solution. You, and you mentioning playing for 14 minutes on the plane, that speaks to me directly in a way where uh, last last uh, week, late last week, I went to Houston to visit family and I had a plane ride back and forth, obviously. Uh, and I, I bought Cruise and Blast specifically <laughs> to play this game on the plane. I was like, all right, cool. Everybody's hyping up Cruise and Blast. You know, I'm going to have time. I, I like I had to sit down and make the decision between Cruise and Blast and WarriorWare as well. But I was like, you know what? I got the WarriorWare demo. I'll fuck around with that on the plane. Uh, on the way there, slept the whole time. Like, didn't didn't pull out my Switch Oh, once. my God. I don't know Knocked what out. show it was that I was talking about this, but I was like, dude, the Switch. I mean, look, I never play handheld, but maybe on the plane. And then I had that realization of like, Andy, the amount of money you have wasted on games that you planned on playing on a flight yep. and then you slept for three and a half hours. 
it happens all the goddamn time. I have so many little small indie titles I purchase. Oh, this is 15 bucks. Nice. Oh, 10 bucks there. Really, really cool. Ooh, 29.99. Uh, I don't know if I, yeah, fuck it. I'll buy it. I'll play it on the flight. And I never do. Dude. I the only game I've ever really played extensively on a flight was Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. And I played a decent amount of it, but aside from that, of all the flights I've gone on, I like never play games. It's always I'm sleeping or I'll bust out Netflix on my iPad or whatever. On the way there, slept the whole way. On the way back, also slept most of the way until I hit a point where I, I just ran out of sleep. I was like, I can't I can't sleep yeah. anymore. <laughs> I, I I've hit my limit. My body won't let me sleep, even though I love sleeping on the plane. Yeah. And like I sat there. Fuck around my phone a little bit, and I and for whatever reason I couldn't bring myself to bring out my switch until finally, maybe like forty five minutes before the flight landed, I was like, you know what, man, I have Cruise and Blast. Why am I not playing Cruise and Blast? I'm just gonna bust out my switch, play some Cruise and Blast, and for thirty minutes, I was like, what have I been doing? This game is fucking awesome. Why haven't I been playing this game like the for the four hour flight back and forth? I could have put in eight hours into this game already, but I landed and I was like, cool. Let's see when I play Cruise and Blast again. Um, it, it was heartbreaking. What if I you remember me, dope that game is. If you remember me playing through Hollow Knight earlier in the year and like how I barely got to it, the reason why I had never gotten to it because my first experience with Hollow Knight was about thirty minutes on a flight, and me just kind of being lost and not knowing what to do and not understanding the systems and just being like, all right, well that's that's it for my Hollow Knight experience. I'm sure I'll revisit revisit this in about two years, and sure enough, I ended up doing it, but. Yeah, it's it's a hard environment for me to try to play a game in a serious way and concentrate. I just prefer yeah, putting ASMR in the headphones, falling asleep, or putting on a podcast and falling asleep. I agree. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. the exact same way. Uh, we got a few more news stories for you. We're going to treat these all as quick hits. Let's start with story number five. Rockstar's own launcher seemingly has leaked the GTA Remaster Trilogy. Uh, this is Eddie at GameSpy, and I will say this is maybe the 15th time this Remaster Trilogy is leaked. This thing is leaking all over the place. It's, it's almost Twitch bad out here. Uh, <laughs> new evidence has been discovered that points uh, to the existence of the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy release, despite Rockstar Games not yet announcing the project. According to members of the GTA forums, Rockstar's own Rockstar Games launcher for for PC recently received an update that contains references to the rumored GTA trilogy. The update notes shows uh, listings for Unreal versions of GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. This matches with reports that those three games are being remastered with Epic's Unreal Engine and bundled together to celebrate the 20th anniversary of GTA 3. This development comes after a ratings board in Korea published a rating for Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, edition, suggesting the project is indeed real. And if that's not enough for you, uh, this morning, Nibel retweeted, uh, this is from GTA Net on Twitter. Uh, They said, hashtag GTA trilogy achievements have been discovered. Uh, And they credit uh, ALLOC8OR on Twitter uh, from the GTA forums. And so those are like three forms of different leaks for the same thing for you in one news story. So get hyped for GTA trilogy coming soon. It sounds like uh which i know i am i can't, can't wait, wait to jump back into that can't, I, you know what i'm kind of worried about just so, how bad it's gonna age dialogue and story wise and oh of course character wise yeah. like i'm worried yeah. about kind of revisiting it with that lens and being like oh my god this is like this is not the game i remembered <laughs> there's yeah. so many terrible stereotypes in here i'm yeah. kind of worried about it well, you know what I'm high for is driving around in uh gta san andreas radio los santos listen to some easy e some Dr. Dre, some Ice Cube. Today was a good day. Yeah, Can't for me, for it's it. getting that red Camaro going down the coastline in Vice City. Oh my and god! And I run, I run so viral. It's just like God, the sound. Dude, the the thing I think about often, and this is, I think this is an underrated uh, experience right here. 
right? This is the going. This is again going back to San Andreas, driving, making that drive from Los Santos to San Fierro, and putting on. I believe the radio station was called K Rose, which is a bunch of country music. I've never had an affinity for country music. Listening to K Rose while driving along the countryside past the uh, the mountains, <laughs> a different experience. <laughs> <laughs> like that shit. I just hits picture so like eight year old blessing. Like wow, man, this is great. <laughs> yeah, just li- li- listening to mamas don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Like all the fucking hits from K Rose. Oh my god, man, what an experience! I cannot wait <laughs> to get hilarious. my hands on that game again. Um, another quick hit for you, story number six. PS3 and, and Vita PlayStation stores will soon drop support for credit cards and PayPal. This is from Cat Bailey at IGN. Earlier this year, Sony's apparent decision to close the PS3 and Vita stores caused a. a, a a fury among fans. Uh, Sony eventually reversed course, but it will soon be very difficult to purchase new games from the stores regardless. As spotted by Kotaku, buried on PlayStation's support page is a notice that the PlayStation Store on Vita and PS3 will no longer support uh, or will no longer accept credit card or PayPal. I'm going to uh, inject, interject here and mention, right, the Kotaku story says it was buried on the PlayStation support page. I also got an email from PlayStation saying this exact thing. I think plenty of people got emails regarding this too. Back to the story. That won't it's, make the... I, I want to say real quick it's Mm -hmm. the way the story was kind of framed i thought that they were releasing support for paypal because you said like they're dropping the support but it made it seem like oh the support's about to drop soon you know like we're about to oh yeah we're about about to to, i was like why is this happening now (laughs) uh to continue that won't make the library completely inaccessible it will still be possible to load up your wallet through devices like a desktop pc but it'll make it more considerably but it will make it considerably more inconvenient. In order to purchase PS3 or Vita games on the PS Store, you'll need to either purchase a gift card or use the wallet system via Sony's website. You can also use any funds that you can that you add via uh, your PS4 or PS5. So that's an update for you. And then our last news story, story number seven, the Pokemon company signs a theme park deal with Universal Studios Japan. This is Joe Scrabbles at IGN. The Pokemon company has announced a long-term partnership with Universal Studios Japan to add Pokemon-themed attractions to the Osaka theme park, right? Uh, Announced in a press release, the partnership sees the company's, quote, jointly explore groundbreaking entertainment that will immerse guests into the the world of Pokemon with innovative technology and creativity beginning in 2022, uh, end quote. This is billed as a long-term project, but it seems likely that the Pokemon additions in 2022 would be added to the existing Super Nintendo World area at Universal Studios Japan, rather than an entirely new area. No details have been offered about whether Pokemon attractions would include new areas, rides, experiences, or other technology, but the partnership is billed as a way to, quote, develop new interactive entertainment, combining innovative technology and extraordinary creativity, end quote. That is the most hyped thing of all time. I cannot so wait. Stoked. So stoked. Especially after the, the the sort of announcement of Donkey Kong World from, what yep. was it, last oh week? Of that expansion happening. This is like what, I'm, what I've been hoping for and been wanting because when we first see that Nintendo World is leaking and we get all the footage of the aerial shots, I'm a little disappointed to be honest with you. I'm like, oh, that's, that's it? That's such it a small... small. That's yeah. a small little area. And granted, like, I would be so stoked to be around all of those props in more of a life-size way and like it's just it's gonna look cool as hell but it did seem a little small and i was kind of under underwhelmed with it so the idea that they're going to keep on expanding upon this and my god a pokemon world i mean you gotta be fucking kidding me Dude, That's a, a, pokemon world, a pokemon world could be its own thing 
like of itself right like that you don't even need to include that in the nintendo world expansions that can stand alongside just the nintendo world stuff and be probably similar similar in size and scope right i imagine so many people going through and there's there's so many things you can do with pokemon you can have a pokemon snap ride right i feel like that i feel like some of this stuff right right like writes itself you can have a pokemon safari i don't know how you do it <laughs> like you can't just generate pokemon but maybe it is like all uh like i don't know man mechanized creatures or hear me out you dress up a horse as like nine tails and shit does that sound like it's getting into murky ter- territory in terms of <laughs> animal abuse yes but yeah, it... nine tails but I... wait why would it be a horse though is it like nine tails right? better be a yeah. fox oh, i mean sorry, ponytail i'm thinking, I'm thinking ponytail. Of, uh, ponytail that's what i'm thinking of not nine tails uh how do you get the fire way, I mean, to work give me, but give me a volpix fox though, you know Dress up a fox as Volpix. What's the evolution of Ponyta? Rat. Some of the. Ratatouille? Rapidash. Rapidash. There we go. Rapidash. Rapidash. I think Rapidash is what I was thinking of. Wait, hold on. Light a horse on fire? (laughs) Why can't I picture Ninetales right now? Ninetales is the. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Ninetales Ninetales is definitely a fox. Yeah, no, you're right. I think Volpix evolves into into Ninetales. That's right. You know, either way. Either way, you can you can dress up Pokemon or dress up animals as Pokemon. Nobody's gonna tell the difference. I'm sure you can figure that out. Take, take it up with the government. And be like, yo, we're not actually being mean to the animals. The animals actually like having the nine, <laughs> having the eight tails being glued on <laughs> to the back to their backsides. Anyway, I'm excited for Pokemon uh, uh, theme park by Andy. That's probably so far away. If I want to know what's coming out tomorrow, shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the kind of funny Games Daily shows. Each and every weekday. Yeah. I I keep laughing because I keep imagining like the different ways you can turn you can turn animals into Pokemon and try to get around like the treatment standards on how you how you treat these things, right? Like you just you find a rat, you like glue on like big old. You find a fucking rat. It's eradicate. It's eradicate. Yeah, sure. What's what's up, Kevin? Oh, I was just gonna say rat. What is the other one? Ratatat. 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 Yeah, I mean, that's just you just stain one purple, right? Boom, done. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just People wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Around. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? I'm is in that a restaurant. <laughs> Why is that rat purple? <laughs> you can also have Pokemon restaurants, right? Like you can be eating no, a no, 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 no. Back away meat. from this one. Hell yeah! Come on, this sounds fire. You know this sounds fire. And like today, Kevin, you know like the you know they like they could put up LCD screens to make it look like you're looking inside the kitchen. We already saw that, and we could see like a mill tank being there, like looking like, oh, what's happening? And then like the next scene, like we see like the butcher chopping up just meat, and you're like, oh, I know what happened. Oh yeah, I know what happened in between there. So so you're not including the bolting scene. No, 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 no. I don't want to see the violence. I just wanted to be like, uh, put two and two together. You just wanted to apply. It's a mystery, Kevin. We're kind of put putting the puzzle pieces together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying this stuff writes itself, mm-hmm. right? Like on the menu, I can see it right now. <laughs> milk tank milk. <laughs> this is available as a drink you can buy. Like people, people are people are gonna, gonna go crazy for that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen. Make Pokemon World milk as big milk and crazy milk as possible. Honestly, that is a great idea. Like milk tank milk so. is a bad idea. Milk tank milkshakes that that actually sells itself. That is actually a hit right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, out today, we got Art of Rally for PS5 and PS4, and then Jack Axe for PC. Uh, and then we have one new date for you. This is via at Animal Crossing on Twitter. The hashtag Animal Crossing New Horizons Direct will air on October 15th at 7 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, you can tune in for roughly 20 minutes of information about the content coming to Animal Crossing New Horizons in November. 
so get hype for that, Animal Crossing fans. Of course, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, rewrite and list of what we got wrong as you got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. People are writing in with corrections about Pokemon rides, which I appreciate, but aren't necessarily necessarily you're wrong. I guess Nano does write in and say that um, for my Pokemon Safari idea, um, Universal Studios Japan is already using AR and VR technology for the Mario Kart ride and the Demon Slayer experience, which, one, I didn't realize it was a Demon Slayer experience. That shit sounds fire. Uh, two, go hard or go home, right? Why do AR? We can have the actual animals be painted different colors and actually represent different Pokemon. What if you did get a dragon? Had it be Dragonite? Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Uh, that seems it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong because more people are just giving me their Pokemon ideas, which are, some of these are good ideas. Some of these are good ideas, so I appreciate it. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are Greg and Tim. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and Nick playing some of that Battlefield 2042 beta. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday, live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. You have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.